Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. My name is Jason, and I'm one of the ministers here at the Madison Church of Christ. It's our hope and prayer that the teaching you hear today will bless your life and draw you closer to God. If you're ever in the Madison area, we'd love for you to stop by and study the Bible with us on Sundays at 5 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have questions about the Bible or want to know more about the Madison Church, you can find us online at madisonchurch.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast as well as our sermons podcast, Madison Church of Christ Sermons. Thanks again for stopping by. I hope this study is a blessing to you. Well, good evening. It's a pleasure for me to be here with you all uh, tonight. I am uh, I'm from Atlanta, and so anytime you can make it out of Atlanta and make it to your destination, you know that the Lord has, been, has definitely been with you. Uh, and I'm thankful for the invitation. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know what it was that uh, made someone invite me here. Uh, my wife was curious. She, she said, uh, have you ever been there before? I was like, no, no, I've never been there before. Well, how did they hear about you? And it was how she said you that, that gave me pause. Then I spoke with my mother, my very own mother. And I said, Mom, I'm going to Alabama. Me and Joshua are going to go down there. I'm going to preach. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to the Madison Church of Christ. Have you ever been there before? No, I've never been there before. So she says to me, how'd they hear about you? Is it that inconceivable that someone in this day and age could hear about your son? Well, I'm here to talk about the son tonight. I'm here to talk about Jesus. And I'm here to talk about what Jesus spent the most time talking about more than any other subject, more than love, more than peace, more than uh, divorce and marriage, more than money, more than even the church. Jesus spent more time talking about this than any other subject. And that subject is the kingdom of God. It's a big subject. He came to establish this kingdom. He came to usher in this kingdom. He came to talk about the kingdom. He came so that people, men and women of his era, would know what the kingdom of God was. But here's the problem, church. The problem is, and I've been in the church all my life. I grew up going to church. My dad was a minister, planted a church in Illinois. I was there from sun up to sundown. Every time those doors opened, I was in the church building. I've attended a number of worship services. I've heard every sermon that you could possibly hear. I was there most times in college, most times I was there in college, but as I became an adult, I was there. I've been in ministry and I've seen and heard a lot, but here is the thing that I don't hear enough of. I don't hear the church speaking a lot about the kingdom of God. I haven't heard a lot of sermons on the kingdom of God. I've heard it mentioned but I haven't heard sermons on the kingdom of God. I haven't heard a lot of teachings about the kingdom of God. And so that to me is a problem because if Jesus spent so much time talking about this subject, shouldn't his people who are on earth 
today called the church, the great ecclesia, shouldn't we spend as much time talking about the very thing Jesus spent so much time talking about? See, Jesus wanted people to live a different type of life. Yeah, he wanted them to understand salvation and he wanted them to truly understand forgiveness. He wanted them to understand uh, the, the followers of, of Christ, to understand what it really looked like to follow him. But what Jesus was aiming for, what he was really getting at, was a different type of life, a life, a life that I call the kingdom life. He wanted people to know the kingdom life. And so I've kind of taken it on as a as a bit of a mission to try to help people understand what a kingdom life is all about. And so that's what we're going to cover tonight. That's what we're going to study tonight. We're going to spend some time as if Jesus were amongst us. I'm not trying to act like I am Jesus. I'm just simply trying to be the mouthpiece to what Jesus would have us to know. And the thing he would have us to know is you and I have to live a different type of life. A life for the kingdom of God. A kingdom life. So that's going to lead us to a text tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter number 6 and uh, verse number 33. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 33. A short text. A simple text. A poignant text, a text that most of you likely have committed to memory, a text that many of you likely have uh, said and quoted and maybe even taught. But I think what we find within this text is a quintessential teaching of Jesus about the kingdom life. Now, this text comes right smack dab in the middle of a major teaching of Jesus, something that we have called and we have labeled the Sermon on the Mount. In this sermon, which runs from Matthew chapter number five unto Matthew chapter number seven, Jesus teaches on a myriad of subjects. He teaches on love and he teaches on marriage. He teaches on divorce, fasting, prayer, money, possessions and anxiety. But though this sermon covers a veritable cornucopia of subjects, at the heart of the matter, there's a singular theme. How to live one's life underneath the grand kingdom of God. There was something that Jesus wanted his people, the people, the listeners, to know in that day. And there's something that he would call us to know today. But what is that? So if I'm speaking about the kingdom of God, what is this grand kingdom of God? If you and I are going to live kingdom lives, then you got to understand what the kingdom of God is. So some people might say, well, it's the church. It's bigger than the church. Some might say it's, it's living a good life. Well, it's bigger than that. The kingdom of God is this. The word kingdom comes from a Greek word, and the Greek word is basileia. And it simply means reign and rule of God. 
So the kingdom of God then is the reign and rule of God. But it's the reign and rule of God over everything. Now truly, God rules over everything. He rules over the mountains and the trees and the earth. But there is an area that belongs exclusively to you that God wants to rule over. Now, he naturally rules over the land. The land has no say in that. He naturally rules over the tree. The tree has no say in that. He naturally rules over the stars, the moon, the sun that shines on us. He naturally rules over those things. They have no say in that. The birds, the animals, the squirrels, the flowers. He rules over the oceans, the water. They have no say in that. There is only one creature that actually has a say, and that's you and me. That's the creatures who were created in his own image. In the beginning, when he made man and woman, he made man and woman in his own image. Not that they looked like him, as if God actually has a form, a human form. He is spirit. So it's not that they look like him. That's not what it means to be made in his image. To be made in the image of God is to be made in a way that's like unto God in that man and woman have the ability to do what God has the ability to do and that's think and that's reason and choose. And he wants you to choose to let him rule over your that's what he wants from you and I. Let him rule over your life. That's part of what it looks like to live a kingdom life. It's someone living as if God rules over their life. They're using their gift of choice to choose to surrender. They're using their gift of reason and wisdom to choose to let God have his way. There is something that we read in Matthew chapter number six and verse number 10. As Jesus is teaching this, what we call the Lord's prayer, he says these words and they have everything to do with the kingdom. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a kingdom clue. Because the kingdom of God is such. It's where his will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. When his will is being done in your life on earth as it is in heaven. Where his will is being done in every decision that you make on earth as it is in heaven. When his will is being done in your household on earth as it is in heaven. That's what it looks like to live a kingdom life. One lives a kingdom life if you live as if God rules 
over it. Now, you and I probably get that. It's real simple. But there's another problem that we face. And the other problem that we face is quite often we live as if other things rule our lives. We live as if we rule our lives. We live as if our careers rule our lives. We live as if our schedules and our children's schedules as if those things rule our lives. We live as if our money rules our lives. Our desires rule our lives. We live as if we are in the center rather than God being in the center. There are times when our politics rule our lives, when our social agenda rules our lives, when our emotions rule our lives, when our will rules our lives. And when we pledge allegiance to those lesser things, we'll find ourselves majoring in the minor things of life. Because there's far too many times when the kingdom of self is what we're pledging allegiance to instead of the kingdom of God. When we just want to live our life instead of the kingdom life. And so when we do that, we are competing against two different kingdoms. Kingdom of self and the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of self is really a backwards kingdom. It's an upside-down kingdom. It was never meant for you to be in the center of the universe. God didn't create man to be in the center. He created man and woman to work the garden, to rule the earth for God. But the problem is they wanted to rule the earth like God. They were at the center. And we've been battling that same battle ever since. It's an upside down kingdom. Growing up, I, I should say, not growing up, even, even today. I'm a Superman fan. Okay? I like the Man of Steel. Man of Steel, he's, he's the one. I mean, Batman is cool, but he's got an anger problem. He's got an attitude all the time. You know, but, but Superman, he's, he's, he's the one. Now, Superman comes to fight for truth and justice and the American way. If you need something in California, Superman can be there instantly. He's the guy. He's the man. But Superman had an arch enemy. If you know anything about Superman, he has this arch enemy. He has many of them, but one particular one he has, and his name is Bizarro. Now, Bizarro is like Superman, okay? He's, he's powerful like Superman, but he's the exact opposite of Superman. He's, he's not quite the guy because he's backwards. He's, he, uh, he, he lives on uh, where, where the earth is this sphere, and, but Bizarro lives on a planet that's a cube. doesn't make any sense. Bizarro, everything's upside down on his planet. It doesn't make any sense. And the way he communicates, he communicates in this backwards, broken type English. Somehow, someway, they speak English on his planet. I don't know how they do that, but they speak some sort of English on his planet. Superman says, I'm going to save the day. Bizarro will say, uh, me save day going to. 
backwards. Doesn't make any sense. Superman has this big red S on his chest. Bizarro has an S, but it's a backwards S. It doesn't make any sense. Whenever we start worshiping ourselves, it doesn't make any sense. Whenever we're at the center of the universe, it doesn't make any sense. When your will rules, it doesn't make any sense. And here is why. Because when you rule, you can only get the blessings that you can provide. And your blessings, your power is limited. It doesn't make any sense. But when you let God rule, you get all of the blessings that God can provide. Why would you want to take the reins when he can be in control? Have you ever spoke a world into existence? Have you ever done that? Have you ever said, let there be light, and all of a sudden there was light? I try that every time I walk into a room. Let there be light. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Have you ever made water? Have you ever made another human being bone and Brain matter, blood, simply by thinking it and saying it. Have you ever made anything like that? Why would you want to be in control? It doesn't make any sense. You weren't meant to live that way. You're meant to live a different type of way. You're meant to live a different type of life. You're meant to live a kingdom life. A life as if God were ruling it. A life that says he rules it and he has the priority. Let's look back at that text. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. The word seek is a Greek word, zeteo, and it means to seek after it continuously. That I'm not going to stop, that I'm not going to give up, that my, my, my mind is set on seeking it continuously. But what am I seeking continuously? I'm seeking the kingdom of God continuously. How do I do that? I am seeking to let God's will be done in my life as it is in heaven continuously. That's the pattern of my life. The pattern of my life is not my will being done on earth continuously. It's not me being at the center of the universe continuously. The thing that my mind is set on continuously is letting God rule his will being done. Kingdom life. Seek first, seek first, seek it continuously that life first. First as in priority. That has to be our priority. The church has to live a different type of life. The life we live is our priority is letting God rule. But that brings us face to face with another problem. Because what we try to do is have multiple priorities. 
and we use this, we think of this much like we think of other things. Yeah, in our mind it has it has an air of more being more important, but really, when you look at your life, is living for God, is letting him rule, is that your priority? It's a great book out, it's called Essentialism, by an author by the name of Greg McEwen, and he makes a great point about the word priority. The word priority, uh, in its original etymology, the, the word priority simply meant this, the very first thing. And it was written in the singular. The very first thing. And of course, it would be a singular word because it would be impossible to have multiple very first things. Only one thing can be first. Thus, priority. But as you got closer to the 20th century, man tried to bend reality. He tried to say, no, we can alter the definition of this word. We can make it not priority singular. We can make it plural. Priorities. So we speak of that in our life. Priorities. I have a lot of priorities. My family, they're, they're a priority, but so is my job. That's a priority. My, my extended family, priority, my mental health, priority, my physical health, priority. So I have a number of priorities. We try to bend reality as if it's possible to have multiple very first things. And unfortunately, what we do sometimes is we loop and, and put letting God rule in with everything else. It's just as important as my physical health. My spiritual life is as important as my physical health. My spiritual life is, is as important as, as my mental health. My spiritual life, letting God rule, that's as important as anything else. But that's not the kingdom of God. That's not the kingdom life. The kingdom life is seeking it first. And there really isn't a second. There really isn't a third. It's that. And that takes care of everything else. Because when you let God rule, when you're following after Him, when you're letting Him have His way, when it's His will being done on earth as it is in heaven, you reap the blessing of God ruling. Because there are blessings when God rules. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, there, there's something wonderful that happens when you're living as if you're trying to have, let God have his way. It produces a behavior within you. We often want to live a, a behavior that's befitting of a disciple of Jesus Christ. We want to have the behavior of one who actually follows after God. The church should have a certain level of behavior in the world. But listen, when you're seeking first, when the kingdom of God, when your priority is letting God's will be done in your life, it will produce in you a certain behavior, and it's the behavior of righteousness. Right way of living. 
Seek first the kingdom of God. When you let him rule, it produces a behavior in you of righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. A promise given, spoken by King Jesus himself. You live this way, God will take care of everything else. He'll take care of those other things that you want to bring in as your priorities. He'll handle that. You seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. I want you to look at Matthew 6.25. Because this teaching that Jesus is doing about the kingdom comes on the heels of what he says in verse number 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? It comes on the heels of that type of teaching. Now here's the thing contextually that we need to understand. Jesus saying, don't be anxious about what you're going to eat. Don't be anxious about what you're going to drink. Don't be anxious about what you're going to wear. See, we hear that in a Western society, and we're like, well, you know, I'm really all that anxious about what I'm going to eat. You know, when I'm hungry, I'm going to go eat. You know, my anxiety might come in what I'm going to eat and what's for dinner tonight. That might be the, the most anxiety that we experience in our household in this culture. What am I going to drink? Well, I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink what I want to drink. I'm going to drink water. I'm going to turn on the faucet. I'm going to get some bottled water. That's what I'm going to drink. What you going to put on? I got a closet full of clothes. I have to decide what I'm going to put on. I actually have to make a choice. So for us, that might kind of go over our head. But let's go back to the first century. Let's go back to the people that Jesus is talking to. And the people who, to whom he is giving this message, they're, they're in abject poverty. It would make sense that they would spend a great deal of time in a high level of anxiety, what are we going to eat? We're, we're dealing with a problem now in, in, in our country with the baby food shortage, the formula shortage. It's, it, it's caused anxiety. Maybe some of you are experiencing that anxiety here. You, you go to the store and you can't find it. And you need it to feed your baby. But these folks are living this way all of the time. What are they going to feed their children? How are they going to eat? If they are going to eat today, maybe they won't eat tomorrow. What about the end of the week? What are they going to drink? What are they going to put on? They don't have closets full of clothes. They're not rich. They are poor. And likely the poorest of the poor. What will they wear? But Jesus says in all of that, listen, don't be anxious. I want you to worry about that. The only thing I want you to focus on, seek first the reign and rule of God over your life. Let that make in you 
a righteous behavior. And God will add all of these other things to your life. What are you most anxious about today? What are you most concerned about? What are you most worried about? Is it, is it maybe your marriage? Coming here with that anxiety? Coming here with anxiety about, about school and maybe what college you're going to go to? Did you come in here with anxiety about how you're going to pay your mortgage? Did you come in here with a variety of other anxieties that, that no one knows about? Only you, maybe your spouse. You're the only ones who really know what you're dealing with. But this promise is leveled to you as well. All these things be added. Just let me have the wheel. Let me rule. Let me have the reign. Give up the control. Get out of the center. All these things will be added to you. Stop focusing so much on the physical things. That's what, that's what puts you in the middle of your life in the first place. Stop focusing so much on the material things. That keeps you in the center. Stop thinking so much about worldly things. That'll keep you trying to rule. Seek first the kingdom life. And all these things will be added to you. He draws their attention to the birds and the lilies of the field. Birds, even if you look at them today, birds, they don't look like they're that anxious. Looked at a bird, they don't... There's not real that much anxiety in a bird's eye. They know they're going to find something. See deer walking around, eating. They, they don't seem all that anxious, except for a certain time of the year. People might be in a tree, and then, then you might see some anxiety. But generally, they're not. They know they're going to find something. God provides for them. They let them rule. And they do what they do. We need to let them rule so we can do what we do. And that's live righteously. You and I, we are in an age of anxiety. It's palpable. It's all around us. It's around us religiously. It's around us politically. Surround us socially. It's, it's in the air even racially. We're in an age of anxiety. Financially, we're dealing with inflation. An age of anxiety. An age where hate crimes seemingly are at an all-time high. Why? Because people are anxious and they don't know what to do. They don't know another way. They All they can do is react. We are living in an age where it is necessary that we preach about the kingdom of God. There is a different kingdom. There has a different king. Jesus reigns. And in that kingdom, there's a kingdom that's free from anxiety. And there's a kingdom that's free from all of that worry. There's a kingdom that's free from all of the division that we face today. What you see today in the news, in society is begging for Jesus 
to rule and reign. The world we're living in begging for a different type of life. Begging of a kingdom life. Psalm 46 and 10. I want you to show, I'm going to show you something. This is another one of those quotable, quotable verses. Psalm 46 and verse number 10. And this is what, this is what the world needs. The world needs this. Be still and know that I am God. Chill out. Don't be as anxious. Be still. Know that I am God. And normally we stop right there with that verse. But then there's something else in it that speaks to the kingdom of God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You know when you can be still? When you let them reign and rule. You know when you really can be still? When he's calling the shots. You know when you can really be still in your life? When you're living a kingdom life. Be still, let go, and let God rule. See, our priority has to be in letting God rule, letting his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the blessing of the kingdom life. So how do you start living this life? Well, we start living the kingdom life when you surrendering, when you surrender to the king. The king is the one who spoke these words in the first place. The son of God, God in the flesh. When you surrender to King Jesus, don't you know Jesus, he's more than a good teacher. Jesus is more than a master. Jesus is more than a savior. He's more than one who offers forgiveness. He's more than just the one that we talk about a few times a year. Jesus is more than that. Jesus is a king. Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, king. When you surrender to the king, you're part of kingdom. Peter, the apostle, made a confession. When Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? This is Matthew 16, 16 through 18. Peter responded, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You're the king. Who do you say I am? You're the king. You're the son of the living God. Jesus says, you know what? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you because flesh and blood, they don't really understand who I am. God has revealed that to you. But then he says, you are Peter on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The people who come to know the same thing who confess the same thing. Well, we're known as the church today. Well, the church, it's the Greek word, ekklesia. simply means an assembly. It's not a building, but an assembly. An assembly of the people of Jesus. An assembly of the people who believe what Peter believed. But 
back in the first century, when Jesus said these words, upon this rock I will build my church, the ecclesia, back when he said that, this assembly of people had a greater meaning than I think we even realize today. An ecclesia in the first century was a, a term that bespoke a people who actually had a degree of ruling powers. They could uh, apply or they could uh, deny and confer citizenship upon other people. They had ruling powers. They were servants of the kingdom. That's what the church is today. The church, we are servants of the kingdom with a degree of powers to admit citizenship. What your responsibility and my responsibility of this kingdom life is not to just enjoy the benefits for ourselves, it's to let other people know of the benefits as well. People in this world who are losing their cool, losing their minds, and I say that in the most respectful way, we have a responsibility as kingdom servants to tell them there's another way. There's another kingdom. There's another king. You might not like the president, but there's another king. You, you, you might be Democrat or Republican, but listen, there is another king. There's another government. Isaiah says the government is upon his shoulders. That government is the kingdom of God. And then how do we live within that kingdom? We live like Jesus lived. We let love rule. Love is a cross-shaped action. A cross-shaped action that is vertical and horizontal. It's vertical in that it gives glory to the king. It's identical to the king and how the king lived. But it is, it is horizontal. It reaches outwardly so that men and women, boys and girls, black people, white people, Asian, uh, Hispanics, so that everyone in this world can feel the love of Jesus and see the King. That, brothers and sisters, is a kingdom life. Letting God rule as King. But are you going to prioritize that lifestyle? Are you going to walk out of here tonight knowing about the kingdom but saying, I'm part of it. I'm living for it. And I'm going to surrender everything to the one who created everything. Who can make everything happen. Who can calm my anxiety who can calm the storms that are in my life right now, who can bring healing to my house, who can bring strength where I am shaken. Am I going to do that? Well, it's going to require that you live this different type of life, a kingdom life. I pray that Tonight is a night where you decide to do that. Because once you know more about the kingdom, you can't really live any other way. Because this is how Jesus would have for you to live. This is what he came to do. This is what he came to preach.
you believe he's king, don't you have to let him rule? Anyone who can live on this earth, die, be buried, and then rise again, he's someone that I think we should listen to. He's someone that I think Pray with me. Lord God, we're thankful for your steadfast love. We're thankful for your mercies, which renew every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you for showing us the beauty of the kingdom of God. Now that we see this beauty, help us to live this way. Help us to live a kingdom life. You are so good and you are so patient with us. So we surrender our lives unto you tonight. Father God, help us to live as if you rule not only the earth, our lives, our homes, and every single decision. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. May he keep you. Thank you for the invitation. I pray that from henceforth, we will together live a kingdom life. God bless you.